You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kashvitz. This is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox, and I am joined by Scott Merkin. And, Merk, you're out in Glendale, Arizona, beautiful Glendale, Arizona. Uh, have you reported to spring training camp a, a month and a half early? What's going on out there, Merk? Yeah, it's not like I won't get enough of this uh, wonderful city and area during uh, spring training with it being a little longer this year, thanks to the uh, World Baseball Classic. But I'm here for the uh, White Sox hitters mini camp. Number of uh, top prospects here. Kind of, they, they do it every year. And uh, Yohan Moncada is here. Zach Collins is here. Charlie Tilson, who was acquired for Zach Duke last year and then had the freak injury in his first. I don't even think he made it through a first game. He got about five and a half right. innings in and tore his hamstring going for a fly ball in the center. He's here. Courtney Hawkins, former number one draft pick, is here. So, you know, a lot, a lot of good players to see, and I'll be out there uh, for a couple of days and filing some reports and hopefully some video reports and everything else. So it's, it's a good look at some of the young guys, although, you know, a lot of the young guys they acquired in those first two trades for Chris Allen and Adam Eaton were mainly pitchers, but Moncada and Basabi were the two uh, position players. And from what I know, Basabi is not at the minicamp. So, It'll be interesting to see just, you know, it, I think it's pretty basic and straightforward, but a good look at some of the younger guys before we see them uh, starting Valentine's Day. Yeah, and you'll be buddy-buddy with uh, Mankata by the end of this week. You guys will be uh, swapping stories about Eagles concerts, I'm sure, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, I mean, all right, Mark. Yeah, he, he's got to know them. <laughs> um, we still got some time, though, of course, before everybody reports to Glendale, and uh, we're asking all of our reporters this week for their bold prediction on the teams they cover, give me a bold prediction for the White Sox uh, between now and spring training. Well, with, with all the rumors, with, with more talk about this guy being traded than me tweeting about Michigan football, it's, I'm not <laughs> sure how bold it is, but I, I believe Jose Quintana will be traded before the start of spring training. And, and you know, it's kind of weird, Anthony. I know, you know you've, you've done the beat thing, too, and it, it's kind of strange to speculate on a guy's livelihood. But in this case, I think it's a good thing either way for Quintana. He, if he stays... You know, he's going to be the ace of that staff. He's going to be the opening day starter, assuming he stays through all spring training. And if he goes, it almost certainly means he's going to a team that's contending, I guess, unless the Atlanta Braves sneak up and make a, a big, you know, offer for him. And even then, Atlanta, you know, is probably believed to be not too far off. So I think it's a good thing either way. And I know there's been constant rumors about Pittsburgh and Houston and the Yankees and everyone else. And I think the Sox demand is extremely high. It should be extremely high, and they should not budge in that. They didn't in sale, and they didn't with Eaton just because of Quintana's great ability, his great temperament, and his great contract altogether. But I really do believe, and I'm not sure if you agree on this or not. We'll see in a second. But that one of these teams who probably is balking maybe on the, you know, maybe one of the top two guys or maybe adding the fourth guy in is going to eventually move on this because, you know, he's the kind of guy who can put a team over the top. Maybe not as electric as Chris Sale is on the mound, but certainly, you know, the model of consistency. Yeah, I think you're right. I think something will will come down. I mean, even if, even if he's not traded, he's going to be a, a fascinating, intriguing player for 2017 just because there will still be a lot of attention on him throughout the first half because he'll still be a trade candidate uh, for, for the home stretch. So um, a guy who's consistently been labeled uh, Mr. Underrated, um, you know, he, he's going to have a lot of eyes, a lot more eyes upon him in, in 2017, one way or another, where he's pitching for a contender or uh, pitching to uh, perhaps be a midseason trade chip. But uh, yeah, I think you, you hit on, I mean, the Astros probably have the most incentives. This is a team that's already made some big moves for, for 2017, right, right. but could still stand to shore of their rotation. Um, 
I, I keep well, wondering about the Rockies. I think Pittsburgh would jump in there too, though, right? Because Pittsburgh, I realize, you know, yeah. the defending world champion is in that division, and they certainly haven't gotten any worse. And St. Louis is a solid team, but yeah, I think Pittsburgh believes this that this is their window now too, right? So they, I, I don't think they're gonna, you know, I know they want to hang on to some of their. I, we talked about this last week on the podcast that, you know, prospects are such a huge commodity right now. So I'm not right. sure, you know, who they want to give up if that includes a Meadows or a. Um, a Glasnow, who I know the Sox have had their eye on for a long time, but I think eventually you got to decide. You know, can we move? You know, I, I, Jim um, Mike Rizzo, what name I was thinking, made a good comment at the winter meetings where he said, you know, it's not how many you trade, but who you trade. And they kind of felt like the moves they made came from positions of depth, so they were able to do that. We'll see how that right. plays out. You know, in, in the Adam Eaton trade, but I, it'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh jumps in there too. But I think you're right; Houston would be the favorite right now. Yeah, the problem for me with, with Pittsburgh is just the division they're in, and, and you're chasing the Cubs. And as as much as they do believe in their product in general, you know, to really swing a big trade like that and a team that's valued its prospect up, and for good reason in that market for a long time, to to go all in on Quintana would be a pretty bold bid when when that's what you're up against. But you know, I, I keep saying this: I it's, it's a dark horse, but I wonder if the Rockies uh, are prominently involved yeah. or get prominently involved because they certainly have some nice prospect pieces, and that's a team that's that's really gone, uh, you know, the Ian Desmond signing was, was a big move forward for them. No matter how you feel about it, it was, it was certainly a sign that they believe heavily in, in 2017. So um, obviously uh, always looking for an ace in Colorado. But um, so anyway, uh, Jose Quintana will, of course, be uh, a subject of fascination moving forward. Less of a source of fascination, but uh, still interesting all the same. Giovanni Soto, uh, what are the chances of him uh, occupying a, a good deal of time behind the plate in 2017? Well, I think pretty. I think he will make the team, you know, almost yeah. certainly out of spring training. But I don't think it's going to be a starter's job. I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty, you know, even split. Well, I don't think you can do an even split, split with five starters. But you know what I'm saying? With um, Omar Narvaez, you know, so I, I think that's the kind of catcher they were looking for. I had heard some people say, you know, oh, they should get Matt Weeders for a year and that kind of thing and see how he can handle the staff. You know, I, I think they were looking at a guy just like Soto to kind of fill the gap. Narvaez maybe gets a couple starts a week. Soto gets three or the other way around and you can balance it out. Well, they know him from a couple years ago when he was with, um, when he, when he was working behind the plate with the White Sox. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting move. Of course, the most interesting move is they could have both Giovanni Soto's on the opening day roster, both the left-handed <laughs> pitcher and the catcher, although the left-handed pitcher spells his first name differently, I believe. Right. But it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a good little pickup. You know, I, I mean, they like Navarez. I think they, they like Kevin Smith still. He's at this hitter's mini camp, as a matter of fact. And it'll be interesting to see the battle. But, you know, depth is key. They really did not have much depth at the catcher's position, something they needed. Uh, another depth move uh, sounds like Everett Cabrera uh, signing a minor league deal with the White Sox. This guy hasn't been in the big league since 2015, but uh, potential middle infield depth there. Yeah, again, you know, I, I mean, the Sox seem to have thrived in the past on picking up other teams kind of, one-time all-star or highly touted prospect and giving them a, kind of a second chance. And that would be Cabrera, you know, good speed, um, little versatility. So again, just, just kind of depth at bats. And, you know, the, the, as we've joked about a number of times, they're going to feel the team in 2017. Everyone is <laughs> so excited about the prospects that should arrive in 18 or 19, but you know, there's going to be baseball before then. So they need, and, and, and they have plenty of spots, you know, really filled out there. You know, with you know Abreu at first, and a good mix at second, and Saladino and Sanchez and Laurie, and 
Anderson at short, Frazier at third. But again, you have other options if some of these guys eventually do get traded as well. And you know, I should mention one more thing on the catcher spot is obviously the big thing on the catching is Zach Collins, you know, who is who is here at the mini camp, and as of right now, he is the man they're viewing as their catcher of the future. But that future probably is not until you know eighteen, maybe right. even nineteen. So in the interim, you got to have guys who can who can take the at bats, and that's some of the signings you're seeing from the White Sox in the last week or so, just kind of, I don't want to diminish it, but just kind of, you know, guys who can go up there and play during the 17th season. Yeah, maybe uh, Willie Garcia will get a few at-bats in there as another guy, another move. Uh, another guy, yes. Since we last spoke, Merck, uh, and I Cody, guess Willie Garcia. Kodashi, I believe, too, is another guy they, yeah. uh, they added via minor league deal, too. So, they're, you know, they're, they're 40 right. man is at 40 right now. So, I guess it depends on, you know, some of the moves they make in the future in terms of trades and, some of the other guys, they might move off the roster. So right now their 40-man is full, though. Uh, I know you had a conversation recently with Zach Putnam uh, for a story on the website. Uh, this guy had a 2.30 ERA in 27 and third innings last year before surgery to remove bone spurs. But what, what was your takeaway from that conversation? Uh, you know, that he's, that he's had no setbacks in his rehab. He's thrown from 120 feet right now. He wants to get off the mound a couple of times. I'm not sure if you read into the article there, Anthony, but uh, Zach Putnam lives in Ann Arbor in the offseason which is, you know, pretty much the Holy Land. And uh, he's <laughs> hoping to get a, a cut couple times off the mound in Ann Arbor there before spring training. But, you know, I think they'll take it slow with him in spring training because of the fact that it's, it's longer this year, first of all. And he stressed this a couple times to me is, you know, April is his target. He doesn't need to be at 100% on February 17th or March 12th. He just needs to be ready when the season starts. And he, he's a valuable guy, and I, you know, I'm not sure – what the trade value would be in the future if they're even looking at that. But we saw in the, you know, postseason how relievers have kind of expanded past just the guy in the eighth and just the guy in the ninth, you know, thanks to Andrew Miller and even Aroldis Chapman a little bit in the World Series. So, you know, Putnam, I'm not saying, you know, they're on the, the same level. Obviously, Miller's got a little, you know, better resume. But Putnam, Patricia, Dan Jennings, all guys who could conceivably give you, you know, come in in the fifth inning if you need it and pitch the fifth and sixth and kind of bridge you, keep you in the game or pitch the sixth and seventh to get you to late inning relief. So he, he knows the value. He watched the postseason. And, you know, the, the key thing with him, though, is he's getting healthy because he put up decent numbers in short work last year, and that was not at 100%. That was trying to pitch through the pain. And he said, you know, he had this surgery before. I believe it was 2013. He said this one was a little more invasive where they actually, you know, the first one was arthroscopic, so this one they had to actually cut. So, you know, he's, he's taking his time working his way back, but doing well and, and getting close to where he needs to be. All right. That's the latest from Scott Merkin. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.